Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. I always have a special place in my heart for the Tuesdays when an episode drops where I get to share this space and share my energy and your energy with a guest. This week I sat down and talked to Allie, or she's more commonly referred to as Coach Allie. Allie is an internationally certified health and empowerment coach. She helps women break up with dieting forever. She is the definition of anti-diet culture, of taking down and dismantling this just toxic shit pile that we have been conditioned in and grown in and our stories and narratives have been placed on us. And you know that this is a passion that is unbelievably close to my heart. And we jam on this. This is why we said in the beginning of the podcast, this, we just, our ethos are there. And when you find that connection, that other human being that you just see and feel the value that they share I just I want to shout her from the rooftops and I cannot wait for each and every one of you to listen she her energy is unbelievable beyond being a coach she calls herself a hype woman and I really couldn't think of anything better you'll just fall in love with her there's just absolutely no way that you can't I promise you that and Allie and I actually connected when she is working with the coaching group, 90 Day CEO, that I am a part of and that I get to help coach in. So it's this really cool connection that we have because I've gotten to see her grow as an entrepreneur to share her light, to reach so many women and make a fucking beautiful impact on this world. And then I also get to see her as a friend and as a human that I just want to love on and support and share so deeply with each and every one of you. I know that we've all come to this place for different reasons. We have different paths and different avenues, but so much of her story, I know that you'll be able to connect to bits and pieces. She says, my story is uniquely hers, which it is, and your story is uniquely yours. But for so many of us and so many of us women, there are parallels that you'll see or you'll feel or you'll just deeply connect to. And so I cannot wait to hear your takeaways. Whatever resonates with you, whatever lands with you, tag Allie on Instagram. All of her information is in the show notes. Tag me on Instagram, share it, spread this message because we truly, truly have the ability to dismantle diet culture fitness culture, this toxic bullshit that we have been fed and led to believe, we can do this. We have to unify. We have to raise voices like Allie's. We have to empower one another, but it is so damn possible. And it is a mission of mine and a mission of Allie's and something that I truly, truly 
feel in my heart and my soul that we are on the brink of. We are coming around it. And that is so unbelievably cool. So go ahead, listen up, open up your ears, open up your hearts, open up your minds and soak in the absolute light and beautiful wisdom that is Allie. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. I'm so, so excited that you let me be on here with you. Of course, of course. Behind the scenes, everybody, this is how the universe works for Allie and I. I had opened up Instagram and there was a voice note from Allie that was saying, hey, like we just, you'll see you guys, you'll see, but we vibe, we talk about the same things. We have the same ethos, the same piece. Like, I think this would be a cool connection. And I paused and laughed hysterically and sent her a message back that said, do you know that on my note, on my agenda for tomorrow, it was reach out to Allie to be guest on the podcast. So it, it has to be aligned. It's seriously full circle. Something, yeah. something wanted us to hang out. So I'm okay with it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm not going to fight it. No. <laughs> Other than me gushing over you for the last two minutes and before this in the intro, why don't you tell everybody the question that I hate being asked? Yeah, Who what do are I do? you? What do yeah. you do? Who are you? Tell me at all. It cracks me up because it's always, whenever I meet someone, they're like, so what do you actually do? Great question. (laughs) Tell me your answer so I can maybe take bits and pieces and craft my own. Yes. So I am Coach Allie. I am a holistic health and empowerment coach. Um, I help women really break up with toxic diet culture and heal their relationship with food and with their bodies. Um, But really more so than that, help them find the confidence that they were lacking. Um, because usually that doesn't come from your body. It doesn't come from food. It comes from who you are. So that is kind of my little, my hook, line and sinker, but I do a whole lot of just helping women feel good about themselves and help them feel good in their bodies. Um, and how we can utilize food. We can utilize movement. We can utilize, um, just connection to do so. There's always a story, a path that leads somebody who's doing this work to be doing this work. I'm assuming it's no different for you. Not at all. Um, how, how long do we have? As long as you got. Great. As long as you got. Um, so my, my story is a little unique, but it also really resonates with a lot of the people that I work with in the sense that um, I struggled with a lot of the things that I coach on now. And I think that is what most coaches um, find later in life. They want to coach someone through the trauma or through the experiences that they dealt with themselves. Um, So I grew up in a very like fitness oriented family. Um, My mom owned a gym growing up. My dad was a chiropractor. We were all in sports. We were very, very active, very healthy. Um, However, when I hit probably later elementary school, middle school age, I realized that I was built very different than my girlfriends were. All of my girlfriends were very small. They were very petite. They could eat whatever they wanted. And I was already counting my calories in sixth grade. I was already restricting certain foods. I was already binge eating certain foods um, and was just taller and curvier than everyone else in my grade. And so of course, based upon you know society and, and, and on our media, I felt like there was something wrong with me. And so from that age on, I mean, through high school, through college, I was always trying to find a way to be smaller. I was trying to find a way to be 
less of who I was and, and what I was. Um, and so that transpired into becoming very obsessive um, under a facade of like, I'm the healthy person. I'm the, I'm the fitness fanatic. I, I'm that wellness chick, right? Where I, I was on dance team, I was in sports and then I'd still go to the gym. In college, I scheduled my classes around when I could work out. And my friend saw it as, oh, she's so knowledgeable. She has grown up and right. Dedicated, motivated. Right. Um, and what they didn't see was the obsession behind it and that it wasn't coming from a healthy place. It was coming from a place of, um, you know, self-loathing of not accepting who I was or what I looked like. So I tried every diet in the book. I, tried to force myself to not eat carbs. I tried to work with different coaches, different trainers, um, you know, was working out twice a day at one point, doing all the crazy things to force my body to be smaller. And that's really kind of the, the path that took me to get to the point where I am now of coaching women how not to do that because it never worked and it never helped me grow. It never helped me um, even have the body that I wanted. I was never happy. And I don't ever want to see another woman have to go through that. I just touch on so many levels of your story. We, again, uh, this is why it aligns. This is why you're going, you're speaking so much to the heart of everybody that's listening, because like you said, your story is uniquely yours. Mm-hmm. Everybody's story story is uniquely theirs but they can probably pick on bits and pieces of that where it's just, are you telling my story? Right. Are you telling it? I remember in sixth grade, same. I was a very different body shape and size than all of my friends who were very tiny little peanuts of humans. And we did, I think we must've done a rock climbing or something and we had to write our weight down Mm -hmm. and it was horrifying. Mm as they were talking about, oh, I'm almost at a hundred pounds. And I was horrified because I was over, far over a hundred pounds at that point in time. And it was just obviously something that I can still pull. As soon as you told your story, that comes to my mind. So clearly something that isn't still internalized in my system. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the craziest part um, with the work that I do is realizing that our control over food or our control over our bodies is the symptom. And the underlying problem is actually maybe the trauma that we went through or the experiences that we had or something that someone said to us, you know, when we were in second grade or in in sixth grade and we've never processed it. And so we hold on to these old habits of, you know, handling those kind of situations. And that's actually what our body is holding on to. It has nothing to do with our control over whether our diet is perfect or not. It usually willpower isn't ever the issue, right? Like it's not a willpower issue. No, it's not. Absolutely not. It's um, it's so interesting because some of the things that I coach women on is just realizing that we were set up for failure. Unfortunately, um, our our society is very much built on where, where it can make money. And women have been kind of the, that point for decades. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, so I actually have a background in advertising. That's what I started out in. And advertising frustrated me so much because most of the focal point, so most of the target audience was women. Because up until probably the last decade, women were more at home. And so they were gearing commercials, they're gearing, you know, TV shows around how can we focus on women's insecurities in order to sell a product? Well, where do you think diets came from? The same concept. Every single diet is supposed to fix an insecurity that we have about ourselves. So when you talk to a woman about how she looks or you compliment her, more times out of, out of not, they're going to say, oh, no, I don't like, thank you, but this is what's wrong. Or thank you, but this doesn't fit right. Or we don't actually take the compliment because we have been taught not to. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I could go on for hours with it, but uh-huh. it just frustrates the heck out of me. I used to make the ladies that I would work with at a gym that was really female focused at the end of their session, I would make them partner up and they had to receive a compliment and all they could say back was thank you. Mm -hmm. It just was thank you period. Mm -hmm. And they knew every so many weeks it was going to come and they all would just split or cringe. I was like, no, come back. Like (laughs) you were, you were accepting this compliment today. You're like, let people love you. Yes. Yes. Practice. Yeah. We're in like a world that doesn't acknowledge each other. Mm-hmm. And that's not just women, that's everyone. We do not acknowledge what each other is doing well. And so we physically get uncomfortable with it. it it's absolutely mind blowing. Well, because when you think that something's wrong with you and you hear something that's contradictory, when it's truth, it's somebody actually giving you a compliment. Mm-hmm. You think, well, that's, that's not authentic because I don't believe that to be true. So how can somebody else? Absolutely. I have become really sensitive to language in diet culture recently. I actually was watching a YouTube video and it was somebody that I've watched for years. And I don't know if I've just outgrown that or what that space is, but she was talking about why you have to eat healthy and eating healthy. And she just kept bombarding this word over and over and over again and picking out foods that weren't healthy and how you could have healthy options. And I honestly had to stop the video because I was so turned off and I was so enraged and not at her intent or her intention, but with the language that she was using. And then, and then I, of course, went down a rabbit hole. I stopped the video and then went through the comments and was reading the comments of everybody saying, thank you. This is what I needed. And I just thought, no, you don't. Yeah, it's it- drives me nuts because the only, the only difference between certain foods, right, are their macro breakdown. Every food is made up of either protein, carbs, fats, like every single food on this planet, whether it's an apple or if it's a Big Mac, they're all made up of the same macronutrients. So food does not have an emotion and we love to label it good or bad. what makes a food good or bad? What about it? What specifically on the spectrum makes it good or bad? So instead of using terms like, oh, well, this is how we should be healthy. And then this is not healthier. This is bad for you. I started trying to reframe the way that I say it even of this is more nourishing and this is less nourishing. Okay? This is more filling 
This is more fun. And like, for Allie, it is. Exactly. And for Megan, it might not be. And exactly. for you, it's not going to be. It's totally right. dependent and different on each person. Each person. And are they stressed? Are they having some GI issues? Is there something, what is happening in their body at that time? Especially as, as women, there are so many factors that can affect how our body processes. So like you said, stress is a huge one. Our body does not know the difference between being chased by a bear and being yelled at by our boss. It knows no difference. So your body's stress response is gonna be the same. And when your stress is turned on, your digestion is turned off. So for most of us, we function at a low level, you know, chronic stress state every single day, mm-hmm. which means your digestion for most of your day is not even turned on. So you could be eating quote unquote, the healthiest food in the world. And it's not doing jack shit for you because your body can't even process the nutrients anyways. And then you have women's hormones that are all over the place. Our, our gut health, our GI tract, like you said, you know, how much sleep are you getting? How much water intake are you having? What kind of movement do you actually enjoy doing? Like at the end of the day, every single person on this earth is built completely differently. I urge you to find one person that is identical to you mm-hmm. in experiences, in trauma, in foods that they like, in personality. There is not a single person on this earth that is built the same. So why do we think our food or our workout plan can be? And why do you think from day to day, it has to be an identical snapshot of what you did yesterday or the week before? Like I, I always tell people who you are innately will always stay the same. Who you are as a, as a soul person will always stay the same, but who you are in the, in the, realm of the rest of the world or what you're doing or what you're experiencing is always evolving. So what you need is always going to evolve. There are going to be times that you need maybe more uh, socializing. You need more creativity. Maybe you need more structure. Maybe you need more alone time. Like those things shift. So why can't your body, why can't the way you see yourself shift? Why can't what you're eating shift? It doesn't make any sense why we allow it on one spectrum, we don't allow it on the other. Because also banging on diet culture, and I will load on them as much as humanly possible, <laughs> is because I think that somebody out there is gonna have the answer for me. I have been told repeatedly by diet culture, by fitness culture, by this money-making machine, by an industry, yes. that my body has no idea what it needs, when it needs it, how it needs it, mm-hmm. But somebody selling me something online or in the store or an Instagram influencer knows really well. Right. And what's wild to me is our bodies breathe on their own. Like our bodies literally breathe on their own. You don't have to think about it. So why did we ever think that a mechanism that can breathe on its own doesn't know what it needs? Or doesn't feel intelligent? Not only breathe on its own, but look at a kid. They know when to eat, when not to eat. They know what they like and don't. They know when to throw a tantrum and when to pull their shit together. Like they have an emotion. They freaking experience it huge. They scream, they cry. And then boom, like done. Okay, now I'm like over it. Yes. And when when is it in our lives that we shift? 
right? We go from, okay, well, all I'm worried about is going outside and playing with my friends and I'll eat when I'm hungry mm-hmm. to, okay, well, I need to write down every single thing that touches my mouth and I need to weigh it and I need it to be in perfect Ziploc baggies. Otherwise my body will completely forget how to function. And it, it, like you said, it all stems back to someone at some point told us in order to be happy, in order to be accepted, in order to be loved and connected, you must look a certain way, you must be a certain size, and the only way to do it is to basically fight with your body the rest of your life. It's the enemy, right? Like, that's the only thing you can't trust or can't do is the one thing that you are supposed to be safe in your space in. Yes. Yes. What was the awakening or what were several of the awakenings or transitions that allowed you to be in a disordered place and an obsessive place and an unhealthy space for so many years of your life to now coaching and being this bomb ass person who shows up and is like, Hey, look at me. This is exactly it. This is what you get. And I'm aligned and happy with it. Yes. Uh, So I think a great point that you just made was what are the different awakenings, right? There's not only just one. And I think there will be several more that I have over the rest of my life. Um, But I think a few of them, one was really, I hit rock bottom. Um, I absolutely, I allowed my control over food, over my body to bleed into the rest of my life. And I think that is very um, connected to, to what so many other women can attest to is when you are unhappy with who you are, the rest of your life starts to kind of fall apart because you try to control it so severely that you actually have zero control whatsoever. It's not in a container. Like it doesn't stay neatly tucked away in one little square portion. No. And I thought as, as much as I could control it and not ask for help and not have anyone else, you know, talk to me about it, that it would all be fine. Right. I would get over it. Um, but I, Got to a point where I absolutely hated my job. I, I broke up with a boyfriend. I moved out of, um, out of the apartment I was living in, moved out of the city I was living in. I was just kind of spiraling, had no idea what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, was very, very unhappy. Um, and something my dad actually said to me really stuck with me. Um, it was just the quote of, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I didn't understand why he said that to me. Cause I'm like, I'm doing things differently. You know, I'm, I'm trying different macro breakdowns. I'm doing different workouts. I'm, I'm looking for different jobs. Like I'm not, I'm not doing the same thing. And it kind of dawned on me after that. I'm like, no, I, I was doing the same exact thing. I was just like calling it something different. Right. I was still trying to change my body. I was still focusing solely on weight loss for like a decade of my life. I was focusing on what I didn't have and what I, what I wasn't able to get rather than completely changing how I saw things. Um, and I, I think another thing, I really just had to get over my own bullshit. And I, I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, you're not ready to make this jump until you are ready to say like, the only common denominator is me. It's not that it's my fault that I'm where I'm at, but it's my decision to change where I'm going. So rather than constantly being reactive to my own life, I had to be proactive 
And so I, I kind of got to this point over a course of a couple of years where I was trying different careers. I was kind of letting, like I was trying to some more healthy <laughs> food choices. I was doing, you know, intermittent fasting and I was doing things that weren't quote unquote a diet, but they still were within the diet culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it really took me to this point where I realized what, what am I fed up with? And what do I, what do I dislike hearing women talk about? And what do I dislike hearing myself talk about? I was like, well, when we talk badly about ourselves or when men talk badly about us, or when my career just doesn't feel fulfilling and it kind of all melded into this place of, I'd really worked on myself for a couple of years and moved cities in order to do that again. Um, nothing like challenging yourself further than moving 800 miles away from family and friends because you wanted to see what would happen. Um, but I just kind of got into this point where I'm like, all right, so I feel great, um, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, because I've done the work myself. Now, how can I help other women feel that way? And I didn't even know coaching existed. Had I known coaching existed like a decade ago, like my life would be completely different. But I think like we were saying with even you and I connecting, sometimes there's just divine timing. You're supposed to find things at the time that you find them for some reason or another. And so for me, it was in the the past year, the past year and a half, it was like, all right, so how can I make the biggest positive impact I can? And if I can change one woman's life, that is all I want to do. Well, and you're changing many, many, many more than one. Yeah. I have to say from from knowing a little bit of ins and outs of what you're doing and uh, watching on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think too, that's, so, it's so poignant to say is, oh, I wish I would have known. And I wish, and I do that all the time too. It's a journey and it's a process and we don't know what we don't know. And we have to build a capacity and there is no way that Megan five years ago, 10 years ago at whatever point in time, would have been open to the way that I'm living now because it just, it, it was too disconnected. It didn't even click. I had to make a little shift and change and then a little more and push out of my comfort zone each and each and each time. Like we love, we continue to just hit a new level and a new space. Absolutely. It's, and it's not linear. No. I think people forget that our lives are not just starting at point A and then they hit point B eventually. They hit a whole lot of mountains and valleys along the way. Well, and can I ask, and you can completely correct me if this is wrong, I would dare to say that you come on here, you embody this work, you live this work, you teach, you coach women how to do this work. If you, if you guys don't follow Ali on Instagram, you have to. It's amazing the message that you share and how you show up. But there has to be a day when you look in the mirror and you don't like something that you see back or that you catch yourself in that. Yes, Absolutely. I think it doesn't mean that it just disappears. No, and it never will. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how our brains work. Our brains are so repetitive and they're so ingrained into the habits that we formed that those, those thoughts will never go away. You'll never be 100% happy every single day of the rest of your life. But that's also what makes you human. And I think you know a lot of what you and I both work on with women is how when those thoughts do happen, how to get out of them, how to not allow them to affect the rest of your, of your day, the rest of your week. 
you know, how to recognize what they are, kind of honor, honor them for what they are and then move past them. Because it's a thought. It's not a belief. It's not truth. I tell women all the time, a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. That's all it is. It doesn't actually mean that your beliefs are true or not. You just think that they are. Mm -hmm. So if you challenge them, you know, if if you have a belief that like, I'm not worthy or I'm not, I'm never going to be enough. If you challenge those, you realize that they're just thoughts. You can shift them. I always do this weird thing where I, I tell them to flip the perspective. I have a whole hand movement and everything, but yeah, you guys should see this live version because both (laughs) Allie and I are just scattered hands and I'm moving and flailing everywhere. Hey, I talk with my hands. (laughs) Same. People people always know how I feel because I move a lot, but it's, it is, it's so true that you almost have to physically flip your perspective, whether that's leaving the environment that you're in you know, playing music, listening to a podcast, talking to a friend, like completely shifting the mindset that you're in, but also knowing that it's okay to have, have those days. Mm -hmm. That's that's what makes you human. And I beg you not to dismiss that you have them because not honoring what you're feeling Mm -hmm. is a huge part of why each and every one of us are in the space that we're in right now, because you dismissed something that you genuinely feel in that moment and you suppress it then and you don't work through it and then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and it's a a, I mean full circle to originally what we were talking about your body holds on to that and people don't realize it they're told oh you just have you know excess body fat or you must not work out enough or like don't even get me on the topic of BMI because I could go for hours we can do a part two because that you want to talk about another thing that has been on my list recently because it's been it's been talked a lot a lot a lot a lot in many areas and I yep <clears throat> yeah there's there's nothing uh, nothing to rile up a holistic health or empowerment coach more than talking about BMI but we've been told all those things. So there's so much information out there. There's like an excess of information out there. But what it comes down to is, are you actually processing the things that you're going through? Mm -hmm. Are you emotionally dealing with your life? You wonder where binge eating or emotional eating comes from. It's because you're not processing what you're actually experiencing. You're pushing it to the wayside. You're restricting everything whether that's your food or that's your connection with other people, you're controlling. And then you end up binge eating because you have no control. It's like this terrible toxic cycle that people can't get up, get out of because they don't want to talk about their feelings because that's not cool. Right. Well, and we don't really know how. Yeah. We re- so many of us, I'll speak for myself. I didn't for a very long time and I had to implement practices breathwork has is been fundamental for me and I should bet over and over again for me that is a practice that allows me to actually get some emotional intelligence and learn what that is and how to safely process and feel and emote that and it might be something different for everybody else but you have to find a space where you're beginning to get in touch and feel okay with having those conversations with yourself or with somebody else And it's so powerful when someone finally realizes, you know, oh, I haven't been able to sleep for months. And then I start journaling and I realize that I I put the the words on paper and it gives less power to them. Mm -hmm. Or 
I start going to see a coach, I see a therapist and I work through some of the, you know, emotional trauma that I've been through, whatever that is. Cause like you said, it's different for everyone and that's perfectly okay. But figuring that out is only going to make you healthier and happier than eating more broccoli. Like just because you change your diet doesn't mean you're changing anything about your lifestyle. No, I, to beat a dead horse, I've said 4,000 times on here, the smallest version of my, myself was the most miserable version of myself. Yes. Hands down. Yes. Hands down. I think at one point, so I'm five, seven, I'm going to just give your, your viewers a little stat on me, I guess. Um, I'm five, seven. And I think my smallest, I was probably about 140, um, which BMI says that I should be. Um, I had not eaten carbs for about four or five months. It was extremely unhealthy. I was extremely moody all the time. I was so angry. Um, I was probably just really hungry to be Mm -hmm. totally honest. And I look back on that and I looked at photos the other day of that girl. Um, and I just remember being so unhappy and still wanting to be smaller and feeling like I was still never good enough, never pretty enough, not, you know, the right size. And now I'm 180 pounds and no one would be able to guess that if I didn't tell them I have more muscle on my body. I love to lift heavy shit. Like that is who I am and who I enjoy being, but I'm also the healthiest and the happiest I've ever been. And it has nothing to do with the number that I weigh myself at. I could care less. It's just not part of the equation. It's just really, really not. Because again, it's just seeking something external to give you something internally that you're really desperately looking for. Yes. It's just looking for affirmation and validation from external sources when you really have to figure that out internally first. Yeah. What would be your space to say, okay, where do I, how do I find that? What, what, or let's do this. What was the first thing that came to you? Where did you start? Um, I started by asking for help. Yeah. Um, because I had tried to do it alone for so long. And I remember the first conversation I had with my parents about having anxiety attacks and feeling completely out of sorts and, and not really knowing what step to take. Um, it was a huge weight off my shoulders just telling someone what I was mm-hmm. going through. Um, so I think that was a big one. Um, and then just really Figuring out, like you said, emotions. I love to write. That's already something that was um, kind of a a gift that I was born with. And so it was as small as, you know, writing through, like, what did I feel that day? Why did I feel it? Where was it coming from? Just trying to understand myself better before even changing anything. Um, For me, a lot of my control did come from, uh, like we were saying before, always believing that there was this like perfect diet or perfect way to eat perfect, you know, workout that was going to be lurking around the corner someday, somehow it was going to fix all my problems. Um, and I really had to give, I had to give that up. I had to believe that if I was this size and I looked this way for the rest of my life, would I be unhappy? And I was like, you know what? I like who I am. My family is wonderful. I have people that care about me. I can physically do what I want to be doing. If this is where I'm at the rest of my life, then so be it. 
And so I had to give less power to what I had always been told. And that is so much easier said than done. I was just going to say, you have to almost grieve that. You have to hold space to say, I'm actually going to let go because so much of grief is grieving what you thought was a situation. And if that's a relationship breaking up and grieving what that was or losing a job or a loved one or letting go something that you truly thought was going to be, that's an area where you have to hold space for yourself and be okay to feel really sad and upset and mad and shitty. Oh, I remember getting angry and I loved it because I love now seeing when my clients hit that point, it's like my favorite part when they finally have that kind of aha moment and they realize what they've been putting themselves through for decades based upon what they've been told and what society has told them. And they finally get to this point where they're pissed off that they have believed it for so long. And they come to me and they're like, how, how did I ever think that this was what was correct? And, and why, why was I doing this for so long? And they are mad. And I sit there grinning because I'm like, that is the first step. You're not gonna be mad forever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be mad for, for a day, but it allows you to process. Just like you're saying, you're going through a grieving process and you're letting go of who you used to be based upon who you thought you were supposed to be. And you're able to then step into who you want to become because you're making room for it. And it's not your fault. You have been conditioned from go to think, do, and feel otherwise about it. Yes. I mean, it's all learned behaviors. Mm -hmm. You did not come out of your mother's womb knowing how to count macros. You did not like grow up just knowing yeah, I, I think I want to be a size two at some point in my life. Like, no, you didn't know that. Heck, we didn't know that, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. It wasn't like that. It, there were definitely still some, you know, expectations. They were just seen differently. But you, that's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And so you can then relearn a better way of being. And it's, it's wild to me because... Some of the clients that I work with, the ones that really do buy in fully into, you know what, I'm sick of living life this way. I'm sick of being exhausted. I'm sick of wasting my time and energy, worrying so much about what I look like, what other people think of me. When they finally buy into it and they start focusing on the other aspects of their life, on their mindset, on their relationships. I had one client that she's lost 40 pounds in a year unintentionally because it had nothing to do with her body Mm -hmm. and it's wild to me that people still don't believe that like that's a possibility and I think that's because it's obviously it's not a norm but it's because it doesn't make money right it's not a product it's not a hey we want you to buy in annually every single year no I want to work with you and then I want you to go away I love you but I don't want to see you again because I want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. Like mic drop done. Yep. I was just going to (laughs) say, and there we go. So I know everybody listening to this, as we said, is relating to some part, they're connecting with some piece of this. If there is somebody out there that is saying, I need this. I want to know more. I'm just even ready to dip my toe in the water and just start 
filling my Instagram feed with somebody that makes me feel positive and not like a pile of shit about myself. Yeah. What does it look like? Where can people find you? What the coming back to the question, what do you do? Yes. So they can really find me. I am, I'm mostly prevalent on Instagram. You can find me on ask coach Allie and that's just a L I. Um, otherwise I am really looking for other women to join. I have group coaching. I do one-on-one coaching, really just finding what you need because every person is different. Um, so if they're just ready to even dip their toe in the water, I'm more than happy to even just get on a call with them and talk through maybe some of the thoughts that are coming up or hearing their story because every woman is going to need a little bit different approach. And I think that's, what's so cool about what you and I do is it doesn't have to be cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. It can be completely ind- individualized. Um, so yeah, I would, you know, follow me on Instagram, listen to this podcast a million times, share it. Yep. <laughs> and, incredible. and because you're being very modest right now. Um, now, if you want to dip your toe in the water, cool. Like check out Instagram, watch your reel, like a post, listen to a story. And I genuinely do mean that. Like I'm saying that in a really joking tone, but I mean that like Allie's going to meet you where you're at. She's no bullshit. We talked about our Midwest roots of like, we're going to be kind and like honest and tell you like it is. And I know that to be true of you. Yeah. But if there's somebody that's like, fuck this, I'm done sticking my toe in the water. I'm ready to dive in. Yes. What do you have in the pipeline for that? So I have my group coaching program. It's alpha alignment that starts this May. I only have a few more spots open for that. So if people are ready to get over the bullshit, just dive all in. I want to make sure that it's a good fit first, but that program is starting first week of May. We are, I mean, balls to the walls. We go dive in right away, which I absolutely love. Um, And that's really why I titled it alpha alignment, because I think the term alpha is always misconstrued in a masculine way. And I think alpha females are women that are powerful, are confident, want to uplift each other. They want to be a part of a community and they want to constantly evolve evolve and grow um, independently. And it's not, it's not in a negative, it's in a absolute positive um, growth perspective. So really incredible group of women that are already in that program would love to see a few more join that one. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's what I wanted to. That's what you were looking for. That's what I was wanting you to say. Um, and again, in, in truth and all honesty, like you get to be on this journey and be on the path where you're at. So do what feels good, do what feels aligned and see, and, and just hang out, join the conversation, learn, absorb. That's exactly so much of what Allie does and, and make people feel good instead of like piles of shit. So lean into that, lean into that. It is the community. It is. At the end of the day, you can look, you know, you can look through the window and say, oh, well, she looks so confident or she looks happy. But it is that point where when are you going to choose it for yourself? And if you're not going to reach out and take it, somebody else will. And I think the, the thing I'll leave you with is something I always told myself, the only difference between me and another woman doing something that I want to be doing is that she tried. And if the only difference is that she tried, that means I can still do it. And we're done. Cut. <laughs> and done. Done. Oh, uh, you... 
Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode, and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.